This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. And that's my rant towards it. Alright. <laughs> good rant, yeah, good rant. Yeah. Finn, you're almost as good as I am. No. No, I don't <laughs> rant like you. I don't think no. anyone rants like Jay. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic-playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. He looks at me, are you a pro? Not really, I just have a website. Then he goes, is it a pro website? <laughs> Jay Boosh. They're like, holy fuck, we're both over here, man. We both can't be over here, man. Scotty. Like, I stared him right in the face. I'm like, I'm only here for the buys. He's like, so you only want the buys. I'm like, once again, I am only here for the buys. <laughs> and Jeremy. As the 18th fourth member, I promise the listeners that I will get that man to talk more. <laughs> that is my commitment to you. And now, the 18th. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 150 of the A-Team podcast. What a milestone. Holy schmackers. Uh, Scotty Mack here, of course, joined by Jay Boosh. Hello. Hello. And one Jeremy Schofield. My team did better. With still eyebrows on his head. Yeah. So, um, KYT is still in Taiwan. Um, he did indicate that, uh, he may or may not actually come on for a bit on the cast. Um, cool. I was chatting with him today, so we will see if he shows up or not. I understand he kind of showed up anyway last week. Did what? you guys listen to that? No, I did not catch that. Oh, yeah, Kyle edited him in. So oh, that's nice. awesome. It's I gotta awesome. go back then. So, Kyle, I'm sorry that we missed your, or I missed your great work. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, it was uh, nothing short of sheer genius. So, uh, anyways, we're back. Uh, 150. Jesus, that's such a milestone. That That's a lot. Well, technically it's 149, and then next episode will be 150 because we missed 100. Alright. <laughs> I thought there was a 100, you just didn't release it. Well, then there wasn't one, was there? No, it's just secret. Yeah. It's coming out in the box set. Exactly. <laughs> There's a secret way to do it on to to get access to it. You got to click a certain thing on Manage Prime. It's an ARG. <clears throat> I don't know what an ARG is. An ARG? Yeah, what's the that? Alternate reality games. Oh. It's like you have to phone this place, phone a number, and do all these crazy things, and yeah, phone a place. A hobo, and <laughs> eventually you get access to a tidbit this... of information that may or may not have to anything to do with what you're trying to find. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, uh, what'd you guys do this week? Holy shit, I worked. Yeah? How does it feel? It's good, but it's fucking so tiring. Is it hard to use the mouse without having fingers or feeling yeah. in them? 
It is. <laughs> it's very hard. It's hard to do anything with fucking no feeling in my fingers. And my are, hands are cut are, up and bloody. Are they callousing at all yet? Like, are you no. are you toughening not, up yet? Not yet. They're just they just have no feeling. Oh, okay. So they're still in that raw phase. Yeah. Ugh. And I made the oh, I made the mistake of cutting my fingernails on Sunday instead of Friday. So like, I figure if you cut your fingernails on Friday. You have two days to kind of, you know, get tough, I guess. You know, sometimes you <laughs> cut your, you cut your toe, you like, you cut your nail, and like right away, you know, if you go to do something, it'll, it's really easy to peel that skin back, you know. Yeah, it's super tender and everything. Yeah, because, because you know, you're, you're cutting it off of, you know, and shit like that. So, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I cut my nails like Sunday night and went to work, and all of my nails basically. Look like I didn't cut them at all. The, the skin underneath them has been peeled back so far. Ooh. It hurts. It hurts. That's pretty gross. Yep. Oh, yeah, and I'm working 12s. Oh, uh, really? Yep. There you cause, go. Because, you know, of course, the first fucking job I would get, we'd be behind. <laughs> the first and every other job that you will do. Yeah, the first and all jobs. And, like, this is the thing. Is, like... I I have more respect for tradespeople now that I've actually done it because like, you know, I always just assumed it wasn't this difficult. You know, I've worked like manual labor before, and it was like a hard job, but it wasn't like, you know, the hardest job on the planet. And then, and then also like it was just you know, full of idiots and dumbheads, <laughs> and uh, you know, and also the smartest people on the planet. Um, so, you know, we're working on a job, it's supposed to be done by December 10th, right? But it's a construction job. So for those of you that, like, aren't thinking, uh, the way construction works is you, like, you, like, say you want to build a building. So you, like, frame it, right? Which is putting up, like, wood or steel, uh, frame so that you could put drywall, which is the stuff that's underneath your paint. Uh, on it to make a wall. Then you paint the wall. Then, after you painted the wall, you can put on, like, light fixtures and uh, light switches and uh, receptacles, which is what uh, electricians, because I'm an electrician now, so I can call this, uh, call uh, outlets, electrical outlets. So you can't do that when there's no wall, and then you can't do it when there's no paint, because then the paint guys will paint the like the, the the like receptacle, and then they don't give a fuck. They give no fucks. They're like, "Haha, painted your shit, bitch. Now you gotta fucking you gotta clean that shit up or put a new receptacle on there. And if you put a new receptacle on there, then you're just spending money you don't have. And uh, so so you're gonna build a building, and I say, okay, Scott, I want to build a building, and you say, okay, when do you want it built by? And I say, I want it built by December tenth. That doesn't mean that everybody has till December 10th. That means no. that the job ends then, which means the drywall guy has to be done November 10th so that the painting guy could be done on <laughs> November 20th so that the electrical guy could be done on December 10th. That's how that works. Nobody knows this, though, somehow. So we're really behind because other people are really behind because other people are really behind because nobody gives a fuck. Right. Yeah. So I work for a concrete company, and we do all of the uh, the foundations. So we never have to wait for anybody yeah. being behind. Yeah. 
We're the guys who started off bad. We're that first appointment at the doctor who shows up 15 minutes late and just ruins yeah. the doctor's schedule. Fucks that, that's us. Yeah. Oh, God. That's you. These guys are assholes. That's... <laughs> so there you have it. So that's how work is. It's good. It's so great. Uh, I turned on some switches in the suite that I had been working on. Uh, like, we turned on the power, and then I was like, oh, man, I didn't get electrocuted. Sweet. Then I turned on the light switch, and the lights came on. And I was like, woo! I did that! Instead of, like, the last two years of my life, I've just been wasting in a shitty programming office full of shitty garbage. And it's like, oh, what'd you do today? And I'm like, oh, I have no fucking idea, because, you know, I just fucking, somebody would call and complain about something stupid, and then uh, I would fix it. And, uh, and you know, they just call again about the same problem. You know, so it's like I was doing nothing. Uh, you know. So yeah, you have so, those moments, but they're fewer and far between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the time where you go and you put everything in, and then they're like, oh, actually, we want everything six inches to the left. The drawings were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> the table flips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That is just yeah. super exciting. So that's going good. But I mean, unfortunately, that means I have played no magic. I updated the cube a little bit with some Theros. Okay. Um, but I haven't played it yet, so I don't know what's good and what's bad. Uh, and then also, <clears throat> I was going to go to FNM, but then I went to bed at 6.45. Because um, I was really tired. So that was, that was fun. And then, did we talk about the Star City Games thing I went to? No! Oh, that was after the last episode. Okay. Okay. So I went, there was a Star City Games qualifier thing here, because uh, I don't know if you guys, like, if, if a lot of people know about those things, but those are things. They're kind of like PTQs. Yeah, they're very rarely, they're very rarely in our area. Like, it's not something that actually yeah. happens in Ontario. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like if you win, you get to go to a Star City Games Invitational, and you get X amount of cash dollars or whatever. But, like, up until last year, like, these weren't real things. That ne- they never happened around here anyway, like, ever. Not a single... I didn't even know they existed. No, it's it's at Trilogy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Trilogy is the only place in Alberta that does them. And, like, there was, oh. one, there was, there was one done in Edmonton, Yeah. and the information that came out of it was it cost way too much, we lost way too much money because nobody cared. Because the Invitationals are never close, like, well, There's yeah. one in Vegas this year, so that's kind of cool. They, but how do they work? Like, if you win it, don't you get, like, um, don't you get, like, a ticket? You get oh. cash, and you don't get a ticket, but you get it. Oh, you get, like, you get yeah. cash to pay for your flight if you're going to Well, it, it, it's, it's, it won't cover your flight. It's, it's a cash tournament. Like, you'll oh. get cash. But what you do is you get an invite to the Invitational, and the Invitational is the highest DV tournament of Magic. Uh-huh. Like, the Star yes. City Games Invitationals. Like, they pay out a ton of money, and they don't have a ton of people who go to them. Right, right, right. But why wouldn't you just go as, um, why wouldn't you just go to win the money? Well, no, that's the thing you can do, absolutely. Like, that's what I do. I don't go to go, I don't give a fuck about a goddamn invitational. Most people that I know don't. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's, it's It's a neat tournament to go to for, like, that kind of stuff. But, like, again, if I want to go to one, I have to go to Calgary. Yeah, yeah. In Edmonton, one guy ran it, and the other people are too cheap. So yeah, it's just it's interesting that people said like nobody wants to go to these because you know, and then these are the reasons that nobody goes. But then it's like, guys, why don't you just go and win the money, and then don't go to the Invitational? Like basically, it was a twenty-five dollar pre-release. It was it was sealed. It was twenty-five dollars, and I opened shitty garbage, and actually shitty garbage, 
And uh, and then if I happen to top eight or win, I got prizes. So who who fucking cares? Well, I don't give a yeah. shit about some invitational. Fuck that place. Um. So yeah. So I went to that, and I think like forty people or something went, which was or maybe less. It felt a lot less than that, but I for some reason the number forty three is sticking out to me for the attendance. So. I went to that. I opened the the. I probably misbuilt, but I had three people look at it, and they couldn't build a better pool than or a better deck than mine. Um, I opened the pool that has mm, sort of good stuff in six different colors. Oh. Yeah, the perfect sealed pool, like the the absolutely, and especially in this format, which as you guys know, I already dislike because of like how bomb heavy everything is. Um, so like in this format, I still had, I still had a difficult time trying not to like trying to build it, even with just like a bunch of junk basically, because, you know, like every card has 10 abilities. So it was like, okay, like I need to build the best deck and I have a garbage, like I have a garbage bunch to pick from here. Um, the best deck I ended up building was the white black deck because I had the whip. And I had lots of aggro, like I had lots of bears and shit. Yeah. And I also had the three three vigilance flying regenerate guy. Oh, geez. yeah, he's very good. Yeah, very uh, good. Vigilance, that guy's unbelievably good. Yeah, yeah. I thought that guy was gonna be garbage. Like I, I didn't, I'm not garbage, but I, I mean, like I thought he was like not not garbage, but like just like kind of mediocre. You know, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like he's a five drop three three flyer. Like that's pretty average and then you can regenerate him but then like for the amount of you know life that you're regenerating him for like would it be like are you just going to be taking it? I don't know blah blah blah, blah. whatever right <clears throat> so but actually he just turns out he just is unbeatable he's just an unbeatable um card he's pretty good mm-hmm. so then um I had three of the horses the two two horses that tap when something else dies which is you know, irrelevant, because you're just always attacking with them. If you're blocking in this format, you're playing it wrong. Uh, and, or or and, you're playing the big green deck. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but even then, you're probably not blocking, because you're probably attacking for fucking six on turn two. No, um, you know, or three or whatever. So then, so, yeah, so then um, and I opened two of the white bears, just the two-two, no abilities for two. Um... And then, and literally, and, like, the whip, and then, then like, literally, that was it. Like, I, I didn't, I think I maybe, oh, I had a hero's downfall. Okay. And I had a, I had the, the double-striking heroic guy. Because every single time I open a pack of Theros, I have to open that guy. Apparently. <laughs> so. KYT's fabled hero. Yeah. So, but, and then I had no spells to target him with. I had, uh, I think, two bestow guys. I had one of the black intimidate ones and one of the black death touch ones. Uh, and like for those of you that are following along at home, that's uh, if you're bestowing, that's a four drop and a six drop. Uh, so my my two two double striking guy was just a two two double striking guy for um, three, but double white in a two color deck. Yeah. Wow. Then uh, yeah, so that sucked, and um, I think I misplayed my way out of a, uh, a round one. Uh, win maybe um, he was a five and I attacked for seven and he only had um, one blocker or no what did I do oh one of my guys had intimidate one of my guys had flying and then one of my guys was on the ground or two of my guys were on the ground 
So I attacked with everything. He had a hundred-handed one that had uh, was not monstrous. He obviously made it monstrous at instant speed. I was like, whatever, who cares? He's like, block them all. I'm like, except for the um, intimidate guy. And I'm like, oh, this guy's flying. And he's like, oh yeah, this gets reach when you monstrous it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't notice that under the textbook of abilities. Uh, <laughs> so sweet. Okay, cool. I guess I lose then. So then I lost that match. No problem. That was my fault. I misplayed and I'm an idiot. But I didn't really have anything else to do anyway. Like, he has a fucking hundred-handed one that's vigilant. Like, was I knew he had Monstrous, right? It wasn't like I walked into Monstrous. Yeah. I knew I knew he had the mana and everything. I just assumed that my flying and intimidate guys would get through and kill him. Um, so, yeah. So, and like, and then, so my, I had a, like a green-blue deck or a green-red deck. Or, I'm sorry, a blue-red deck I could have built. But they each had ten creatures in them, and none of them were like like bomb creatures, right? So you can't play like a green blue deck where your best creature is a three two flash trample guy. Yeah, yeah, like, that guy's not very good. Creature? Like I didn't even have a fucking common Nestian ass. I didn't have a fox. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So so yeah, so that sucked. Um, I think I think Curly won it. From Did he? Red Deer? Yeah, he's yep. like a local Alberta player or whatever. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure he won it, somebody said. I left. I was like, I'm 1-2. Or no, and then I got the buy in the second round and was like, fuck this. <laughs> then in the third round, this is how this is how casual these tournaments are. In the third, because like, again, nobody gives a fuck about the Invitational. They just want, like, they're just like, ah, tournament for $25? Whatever, I'll go. Um, so, in the third round, my, we were told in, at, before the tournament started, if you're not in your chair when, like, when we're, you're told that you can start, you get an immediate game loss, and then you have, I think it was 10 minutes, and then you yeah. get your match loss, right? Yeah. And he made this announcement, and there was only, like, 20 or 40 of us or whatever, and he made sure everyone was quiet. He's like, if you're talking, then I'm just going to stop talking and redo this. So, uh... In the third round, my buddy was out, or my opponent was outside, like with his other friends smoking or something. And so then I called Judge. I didn't know who my opponent was. And then he's like, okay, he gets a game loss. He comes in. He's like, oh, I have a game loss? That's fucking bullshit. And the judge, I, was, I should have called a judge on him, uh, but I didn't. Then he presented his deck after shuffling. Then I continued shuffling. And then he took his deck back. And I should have called a judge then as well. And for some reason, I didn't. Uh, but I don't know what the penalty for that is. Maybe you do, Jeremy, since you're a judge. Well, just like presenting the deck and then taking it back. Yeah, I know you're not allowed to do that in like a competitive. Yeah, that would just be like a warning. Like if, it yeah. depends what he did with it or why he took it back. Like you know, there could be an yeah, investigation on that. It's but one of, those, one of those rules that I know about just because somebody told me about it. But I'm yeah. sure that nothing. Like it doesn't do anything. Like it's not like they're gonna get a game loss unless they do it a hundred times. Yeah, it would be, like, something different if he, like, presented the deck and then he, like, took it back and started sideboarding. Like, that's a whole other story, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, then he, like, then he just proceeded to just absolutely fucking destroy me in two games. Just absolutely fucking destroy me. He played green, green, blue, black. He was splashing black for something terrible. Um... And then he had, like, the flying gain life guy. He had two Nessian Asps. He had, um, you know, the fight cards. Like, it was yeah. just, like, his, his deck wasn't great, but it was better than my pile of shit. <laughs> uh, which was literally just fucking, like, a pile of actual shit. 
Um, and then yeah, so then I was then I was one two because I got the buy, and I was like, well, I'm gonna go home because even though four two can make it, I don't want to play this abortion of a deck for four more rounds. And even if I do win, and like the other thing is those those decks are sh- like can be deceiving because now I'm in the one two bracket playing like Jobins who are just like. Oh, I'm here for a tournament, and other Jobins that were like, "Oh, this is my first tournament ever. I bought a pack at Walmart, and it was fun. And my friend told me to come here. Woo!" Because uh, Mickey Mouse plays our tournament, and um, <clears throat> and then so what happens is you'll you'll win like your three games. It'll be like a tough match, maybe in like the in the you know in the two or in the three two bracket, and you're playing for winning in against some other guy, and maybe he gets mana fucked or something, and you're like, yeah, I got in at four two. But then what will happen is like that. That's the dream. That's the Christmas land. What will actually happen is you'll go three two somehow. Then in the fourth round, you'll just get fucking hammered by a guy that got mana screwed last round, and that's the only reason he's in the loser bracket. And then he so he just absolutely crushes you, and there's no reason like. There's no even, like, challenge. And then you just wasted an entire day playing, like, your garbage deck to scrub out. Yeah. You know? And, like, it's different if you're playing Constructed Tournament or you're playing a really good deck and you lose. That's totally different. But if you're playing just, like, a pile of shit, like, I have way better things to do. So, so yeah, that's the magic I got to play. Yeah, I had a buddy who played in that tournament, like, one of the guys from my store, and he went something like, he said it was like ridiculous. Like I, I don't know if it was like four oh two, which is like normal, but I think he said it was like he actually went three oh three and top oh, eight. Shit. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think does that depend on the number of people that are there? Uh, it depends on number of people and how people play things out. Yeah, like like the Star City Games, um, standard qualifier that happened had lots of people there and lots of competitive people. And so the top eight was very different than like a three Oh three. But like the thing with those tournaments is that like every single quote unquote, good player in Calgary hears about them and then wants to go and shark all the, the quote unquote bad players. Like they're all like, like, like you'll hear like, even like people, you know, they'll say like, "Oh man, do you know about this tournament tomorrow?" And like, "Oh no, tell me about it." And like, "Oh, it's just a, it's like, like how I was told about it, it was like it's a sealed Theros tournament for twenty five bucks, and like, I mean, it's a trilogy, so I mean, one of us should be able to win. It should be easy, and then that's why they came down. And the other thing was, I think there was a, was there a PTQ or a GP or there was, was um, it was provincials the day before. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how much I care about it. I don't even. Remember. Yeah, yeah, Curly was... did win that tournament. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So he's were... talking about going to an invitational now. Yeah, yeah. There was provincials the next day, and so a bunch of people from Red Deer and Edmonton were down just for that anyway. And they're like, "Well, fuck it. We might as well go to this tournament too, right?" Yeah. Um. So, like, that's the thing. Is like the tournaments are they're they're hit and miss. They're either like the easiest cakewalk, uh, because they're very casual friendly and they're like a pre-release. Or it's just like a thousand of the best Alberta players ever going there because they think that it's going to be only them that had this great idea. So, yeah. So, I mean, good for Curly for winning it. That's sweet. I didn't see his deck. It seemed okay. The only match that I got to see him play, he, like, lost to Nessie and Asp. Um, Cards so, some good. Yeah. So, yeah. And then... uh yeah, and then none of my really none of my friends did very good or were there or anything like that. So, um, and then I did some drafts on Sunday for some reason because I'm an idiot, and 
think we lost one of the team drafts, and then and why, the other one. Why do you hate yourself so much for playing Magic? I have no now? idea. I like woke up on Sunday and I was like, "Man, it's like nine o'clock. You know what I'm going to do? I think I'm going to get up and go fucking draft." Yeah. yeah. And then I showered, and then I got out of the shower, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm going to draft Theros. Why the <laughs> fuck would I?" do that and why am i excited about this so then i texted everybody i knew to try to get anything else to happen and it didn't so then uh, i just went and then in the first draft i did okay i think i went 2-1 yeah i went 2-1 so i won four packs and i didn't open any real bombs but it was fine it was fun uh i had i got a whip and a hammer in that draft and then in the team draft afterward, I don't remember what happened. Uh, but then they wanted to do another team draft. And I was like, well, I have to go, but I'll just draft. So I drafted like a, I just drafted like the blue green deck. And I just, I've never drafted that deck before. I've always drafted the aggro decks, like the red, white aggro decks and stuff. So I just drafted uh, blue, green and whatever. But I'm like, I'll just draft, but then I have to leave. And apparently my deck went 2-0, and then we won the team draft before I had to play my third match, and my deck was sweet. Which wow. Was weird. So yeah, sweet. Go me. I had like, but I mean, like the thing is, I was sitting beside Brian, who also always drafts red white, and that time he decided to draft green blue. So we were sitting beside each other, and I was on his left, which means you know for two packs I was getting fucked by him. Is and this then, easy? Yeah, easy beasy. And yeah. and this and like this was the like the only time there's ever been justice for BZ because he drafted the same deck as me but was fucking terrible. I like he he passed me like three of the three two flash flying trample guys. What? Like he, like, like he just passed them. He passed me foxes. He passed me asps. Like I don't know what he was drafting, but he obviously did not know what he was drafting either. Yeah, and and we were talking about it, and we were both like. We were both like, um, like, what did you draft? And you know, we were we both basically said the same thing. And I was like, oh man, that's so weird. And I was like, you you know, you passed me like these, right? And he was like, what did I? And I was like, yeah, like three of them. I'm like, there might have been a better card in the pack, but I mean, like, if you're drafting blue green and I'm drafting blue green, there's not really much better than the that guy. Like that guy's really good. And then he's like. Man, what the fuck was I doing? And they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought you were feeding me the greatest blue green deck of all time. <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So, I mean, that was the magic I got to play. I mean, it wasn't the greatest. I still hate this this format, but I don't know. It's more fun than I guess M14. But I have I have no, uh, I have no desire to play like to play it anymore like i'm i'm over playing it already which is kind of shitty i guess yeah that's so, more than kind of shitty any chance that you're going to come up to the ptq to play it or you might nope. even do the one you're going to do the one in town well first of all uh because um no stores advertise and i am 100 years old and don't go on the magic alberta forums cuz i don't want to get called a faggot by 100 children um the forums don't, don't exist anymore. That's how out of the loop you are. See, there you go. It's exactly. I, I mean, I went there once and or twice, and it was just like, this is. I don't want to be a part of this. So, um, but I don't go on them, so I don't know about any of these. I don't know when they are or where they are. And then the other thing is that I, I probably would never drive somewhere for a PTQ. Okay. Yeah. There's uh, one at the end of the month in Edmonton, and then the next week. So I guess that would be like the first week in November. There's one in, uh, one in Calgary, huh. at the Legion yeah. Hall. Uh, okay. 
Do you know the format? It's Theros Sealed. You know how much Your favorite. Do you know how many dollars it is? Probably 40. Yeah, like, I don't know, man. If I want to be $40 play Theros Sealed. And the other thing, too. For for a for a group of people, magic players in Alberta, who are so salty about losing their second PTQ, um, or I guess it sounds like now we've gotten it back. Yes, we have it back now. Yes. So, but for a long time they were so fucking salty about losing that second PTQ. Yeah. But no, not a single one of the com- like the competitive shark guys. Not a single one of them ever tried ev- like in Calgary anyway. To ever get more attendance to come to PTQ, like no, yeah, we started like, pushing really big in Edmonton for it, like, like and casuals and shit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like yeah, it was like that here. go to Friday Night Magic and bring a favorite F and Mer. Like it was that. Like we had the the really really big uh, Ravnica one in Edmonton. Yeah, and then it was all about organizing cards to get everyone down to Calgary and stuff like that. And there was like a really big push. Like uh, Doug Potter and them were like really. Working in Helen, trying to get to you know yeah. more PTQs. Well, I, saw, I saw that. I saw the the Helen working. Yeah. Yeah, but like well, that I mean, was you know it, like the here's what we've done. Give us another PTQ. Yeah, so. and that's sweet. That's good for them. I mean, like in Calgary, I didn't see that even a single time. Yeah. So. But it it's back. Very, but I mean, that's good. Good. That's good that we got it back. I mean, the people wanted it, so it's. I mean, yeah. It's a little bit different for the Calgary guys because like. The Calgary guys actually travel to like other provinces and down into the states to play. So like the hardcore Calgary guys, they just go to Missoula, they go to Kelowna, they go to Burnaby, they go to Winnipeg. Like, yeah. you know, they ha- you guys have more options down there than us. How come? So why doesn't Edmonton travel? Oh, uh, we do. It's just another three hours terrible for us. So yeah, that's true. I guess it just adds three hours, doesn't it? Yeah. So it's like you're. You know, half day trip is our three quarter of a day trip because, well, you got to stop for food and all these other things that are nonsense. Yep, so. yep. There you have it. So that's what I did. That's the magic I got to play. Wow. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? Did you play any? Uh, yeah, I actually got to play some magic this weekend, so that was uh very fun. Holy uh, crap! What happened? Yeah, I know. It's it's you know this whole figuring out how to be a dad thing is uh, starting to pay off. So, um. I actually got to play some magic. So I did a draft on Friday and I drafted like a black red aggressive deck. I had four of the was it Akram Legionnaire, the one drop that makes one one soldiers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I just drafted or I drafted How good two is that girls. Guy? Huh? How good is that guy? Uh you know what? Like the, I, in I terms of the one drops and the heroic deck. Well that's the thing, is I I kind of like went all in on him. Oh. And I didn't really get anything else that was any good. It was just like I was playing like this black red thing because yeah. I just had like a lot of like good red cards off the start. Okay. And I just went heroic and I was just jamming all the cards in there. And it was like literally at the end of it, I had like 10 spells, 13 creatures, half of them heroic. That seems like a very common split uh, in this format as well. Yeah, so like I sat before, there and I put it together and I, I looked at it and I didn't feel like I had any bombs. It's like I lose to Nessie and Asp. Like yeah. I just I just lose. And uh I crushed that tournament. Nice. Like just easy four oh, didn't even have to think about it. Um I had a game where I attacked with eight one one tokens. I literally kept a hand that was like two land, uh an Akram Legionnaire and tricks, and I yeah. just 
went to town on the guy. Like I just essentially nice. had a uh, started the game with a uh, assembled a legion in play. Is how yeah. it felt. Yeah, and just beat the <laughs> crap out of the guy. So, and it was funny because like everybody's like, I sat there and I sat down at the table and it's like, yeah, I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm drafting blue green. And then when I was done, I start putting out my deck. And it's like black, red, heroic. Like Jeremy, do you have any range? And it's like no. That's like that's like it's like uh, Paul Rietzel. Rietzel, yeah. and also and Easy Beasy. It's like if you sit down to draft with them, they're they're drafting Boros. That's just what happens, and like that's good information to have. And yeah. then like you know that even if they switch, like Brian. He's just going to pass you the nuts anyway. He's going to pass you the deck he wants to draft. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a fun draft. It, although it was just super awkward because, you know, I did the typical, oh, my deck is garbage, oh, I can't win anything, and continued to say that as I crush people. Nice uh, guy. So, you know, I was insufferable, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah I always that wondered how guy, good huh? those Akroan Legionnaire guys are, or whatever they're called, because I've had, I've, uh, I've, I think at the, I've ever only had two of them. Like, and I had two of them in a red-white heroic deck and i i think i played them i think uh just to maximize one drops and stuff like you said like just to have a like like tricks land and a, and a one drop and just be able to be like a blamo but i never got to play them or use them so i yeah. didn't know how good they are and and i asked brian and he he said that he doesn't think they're very good but they're like they fit into the deck yeah like i had uh i took uh two of the active aggressions i had lots of removal i had like the the red ordeal that the the red ordeal so it blows away things so i had i had lots of removal in the deck throughout yeah. the, and like that's where I kind of felt like it was somewhat playable because it's just if you play against like the green deck you just lose yeah because it's like every creature they play is just big enough that you can't do anything about it. But, like, I had, like, little things, like, in the black, I had the guy that has uh, Intimidate equal to Devotion, which I just love that card. Memorator mm, of Mogus. That yeah, I had two of that, so. Like, I just alone is good. Yeah. yeah, so it's just, like, I make a bunch of little token jerks and bash face and steal his creature and do all these stupid little things. And, like, the thing I like about the one drop is that he falls into that category of he replaces himself very quickly. Because, yeah. like, the difference between him and, like, the, the flyer guy, for instance, the white flyer. Uh, yeah, the white flyer is a better card, for sure, but... Oh, my God. Like, if you kill the... Like, if you actually play against somebody who has removal... Yeah. Which, it happens. Which is, which is almost nobody, but... Which is almost happen. nobody, but it still happens. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that card can potentially be, you know, like, a, a two-for-one type thing like that. Like, you yeah. put ability on him, he gets bigger, but he doesn't do anything else. Whereas, at least with the one-drop guy, it's like... I can get a token out of him. I can replace him. I can turn this Titan Strength into a four-point removal spell and still yeah. have one-one. You yeah, know, like yeah. little things like that. So that's just kind of the way I rationalize them to myself. And that's he pretty, I mean, that's a good way to rationalize. I never thought of that. It does replace itself, right? Yeah, which is like, relevant. Like if you if you use one spell on it, it replaces itself. So yeah, and that's like the 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 blue guy who draws a card, the black guy, the rare that. Uh, that makes an opponent sack a creature. Like I like those effects in heroic because, you know, it's kind of like it does something. Like you know, yeah. you have the what is it, uh, Scott, uh, your buddy there, uh, anal chlamydia. Yeah, like that guy there. It's like his heroic ability is sometimes useless. Which one? Uh, how many times have you ever you know cast a, a spell on a Flanix leader just to pump itself? Like you know, there's all these like really really awkward 
spot yeah. that they don't do anything. That being said, though, because of the lack of removal and you know how premium the Nessian Asps are, there's like a like like Simon Lee had four of the two two flying heroic guys. Okay. And, and I mean, like, and that didn't even matter because I couldn't kill them anyway. So, it, like, there were so many games this weekend in all of the drafts and and sealed that I saw. There's so many games where it was just one card with ten, uh, like ten. Oh yeah, enchantments all Voltron or, all day. Yeah, all Voltrons on it, and then uh, and then against another guy that had a, a different Voltron. Yeah, and that's all it was the entire day, and it was just like, oh, well. Okay, and I mean, yeah. like, I, I think, like, I think heroic would be better if it was a, an ability that, uh, you know, like you said, it did have to do something. Like, it had to, you know, like yeah. Instead of just making the creature bigger, you know, it, it yeah. doesn't kind of affect the game state. Yeah, exactly. Way. But still kept it as a two-two maybe or something. Yeah. But you know what I mean. But now because it's like no matter what you do, the guy just gets enormous. Like, there's so many games where it's like, it's like I'll play my my two-two guy that has double heroic. Yeah. Then you attack. Then I pump him. Like, I don't even pump him. I just target him with literally any spell. Just something that's even, like, uh, he gets protection from blue, and I scry. And then, oh my god, all of a sudden he's a 4-4 that you just walked into. You yeah. Know? And that's the awkward part about playing, like, the Boros versions of those decks, because, like, the creatures, like, any trick is not just like a, oh, you know, he got to trade with me, or, oh, he got, you know, a two-for-two. Two. No, it's like every trick turns those guys into monsters. Like, that's why it's like, I hate playing against the the fabled hero because anything they do is just an utter blowout. Oh my god, yeah. Like Making it's like I'd like rather a... take the four on the chin just to entice him to not do something to that creature, you know? Yeah, or just just to make it offer like up the obvious chump. Trick. Like yeah, yeah. I I yeah. don't want him putting his tricks there. I'd rather he cast trick on something else. You know, like I'll 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 take a loss over here just to make sure that that thing isn't undealable with. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, I like there's there's so many times where it's like I'm like ah fuck the only card in my thing is this hero guy whatever the only bomb I have and then it's like you do one thing to him and they're just like well I guess I fucking lose like yeah like I I won uh, I won a match in that Star City Games tournament thing against a way better deck. Like way better, like a hundred million times better. Um, but I won the game by having a two-one flyer and a two-two ground guy, and having the whip in play. Yeah, and he couldn't do anything. Like he couldn't find his stuff. Like that, I am sure that was the problem. He wasn't mana flooded or mana screwed. Like he played things, um, but he just it didn't matter because I just, you know, gained the life back and attacked, and then brought a guy back and gained the life back again and attacked. And the double strike guy, like, <laughs> just attacking for double strike lifelink, and then if he kills him, he has to know that he has to trade with it at the very least, right? And more than likely, he's going to, like, have to do, like, a two or a three for one because of the double strike first, right? Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> knowing that I can just get it back. Yeah. So deflating. Like, yeah. And I won the and I won a match and I felt so terrible. I was like, man, like, what a waste! Like, this didn't even feel like I. It was fun. You know what? I drew every single turn. I fucking drew a land. So sweet that I beat you. Like, how fucking great is that? You know, it's basically like we were playing hockey and your goalie kept putting it in his own net against my six year old. <laughs> oh Jesus! By accident, and it counted. <laughs> you know, like yeah. what the fuck. <laughs> Well, yeah, like that—that that was my Sunday. So Saturday, I I skipped out on playing, and then Sunday, uh, I decided I was going to do an online PTQ. 
and I opened How, up. Why a, do you still do these things? Like it is basically like playing a Grand Prix at home. These online Moto PTQs are insane. They are insane, but we don't have options for PTQs. You know, it's like I I get to read on Mana Deprived each week. You know, about like on the Facebook page of. Oh yeah, we're driving down to the Buffalo one. Oh, we're driving to the you know upstate New York one. Oh, we're going to the Montreal one. And it's just like I hate you guys. I, oh, you're going to a Michigan one? That's great. Like you know, I I don't get these options. So you I've got to play three hours. Yeah, I, I've got to drive 15 hours to the next nearest PTQ. So it's like yeah, I'm going to play god awful <laughs> GP PTQs online um, for horrible value. <laughs> okay. Unless you win. And even if you win, it's like, oh, yeah, you don't even get enough money to make your plane ticket. No. Yeah. So it's just like, whatever. But, um, yeah, I play in that, and I open up, like, just, like, it was one of those decks where it was kind of like Jay's list where, you know, he kind of had, like, decent cards in all colors, but and nothing like... Worst. Isn't that the worst? So my deck was uh, Elspeth with black. Ugh. Like, that was my entire deck. And I sat there and I played game one and I felt like my deck was really weak and it was kind of like a white-black mid-range kind of sealed deck. And I win game one. I just crush game one. I felt like super awesome. It's like, wow, you know, like maybe this pile can come together. Maybe this is Friday night all over again. And then game two, he goes turn four whip. And then he follows it up with our friend, the 3-3 Vigilance guy, the white-black yeah. guy, because he's Cent- playing white-black Sentry to the underworld. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then game two was the exact, or game three was the exact same thing. So I lost round one, and I'm like, yeah, I cannot commit 12 hours to playing nonstop win and ins. So I stopped that, and I jumped into one of the Premier uh, events. Uh, Premier Sealed? The Premier Sealed, yeah. Okay. So I get a deck there, and that one there is like, I, I, I end up building like a, I think it was like a green-black kind of stompy deck. I had Gorgons. I had the mm-hmm. Mythic Gorgon. I had... Uh, some Nessian Asp, I had a Fox. Like, I just had, you know, big black green, which seems like an archetype that I've been running into because I've been playing a lot of seals. Yep. And uh, game one, I have a really strong game one. And then game two, he whips me. And then game three, he whips me. So I'm really not liking whip anymore. It, it feels like there's, like, the two cards that are literally just, un- well, three cards, I guess, that are literally, like, nearly unbeatable are, like, Elspeth. Um, whip and like Nessian Asp. <laughs> Isn't that card yeah. just terrible? I don't know. So yeah, yeah that was rough. So and someone plays it, and then literally no cards beat it. No, and yeah, that's like, what I mean. Like it's terrible that it's an unbeatable bomb at common. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. really awesome when like that one guy opens four of them in his <laughs> sealed, and you're like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, All right, cool. in round two, I lose that round. In round two, I end up going against the whip deck, and he beats me 2-0 with whips. And it's like, all I'm doing is losing to whip. Like, I have faced whip in... I think at that point there, I had faced whip in, like, six out of eight games played over the two tournaments. So I play one more, and I just play, like, a regular release sealed. And that deck was... It was green something. Like, I, I think I just went red-green with that one. And I lost to, like, a white-red, like, Boros uh, heroic deck. And at that point there, I was just like... It was funny, my wife, like, randomly walks into the room, and I just start teeing off. 
<laughs> I'm garbage at this game. I don't know why I even bother talking about it. I can't imagine why anyone would want to hear me play it. Like I'm like I am just like on full rage tilt mode. <laughs> so my wife looks at me and she's like, "I know we're supposed to hang out, but if you need to talk to some friends and do some stuff, that's okay. If you got to get this figured out." So uh, I end up uh, reaching out to my buddy uh, Mike Lewis. Uh, he's actually a manager of a local store I play at. Uh, he almost got the winning in against Rietzel at GP Vancouver. He was the guy I was dream crushing to try and get into the top eight. Mm-hmm. So he uh, almost made it. He lost to Rietzel who went like mono angels on him. Uh, but uh, we got together and we're like, okay, we're going to figure out how to play sealed in this format. We're going to get it. So we sit there and I show up at his store and I put on moto and I open up a sealed pool and I got double hammer and bow and promptly crushed in that tournament. <laughs> So double, double hammer and bow. And bow yeah. yeah, I was dual wielding with the ranged weapon on the back. It was pretty good. <laughs> and it would just be like games where it's like, you know, you're kind of trading back and forth. And then it's like, oh, no, I'm losing. And I need a hammer. And boom, a hammer pulls up. And then like Buddy would be like, remove the hammer. And then, oh, let's draw another hammer and just, you know, go to Hammertown. Uh, and that felt really good. And then the next one, jeez, uh, I can't remember what I opened up in that one. but. I, I ended up doing three ones on both of those and felt really good about myself afterwards. Um, and then I <laughs> ended up playing a bunch of standard. I ended up playing Mahara's deck. I built that online and I, I did a bunch of standard, like two mans and was just like nonstop crushing with that. I haven't lost the game with the thing or the match with that thing yet. So, wow. Yeah. That deck is just bonkers. Like, I don't know if you guys watch the pro tour at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Speaking of the pro tour, that's yeah, the thing that so, happened. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a combo deck. I like combo decks, and it's just it blends into the way that I like to play Magic, where the you know wait for the last possible minute to do anything. It feels like it's uh, it, it it's very explosive. It's out of nowhere, and it is very all in. Oh yeah, yeah. And like I was telling you on your uh, stream the other day, there, uh, I had. Out of like the, I don't know if it was like five or six matches I had played up to that point there, I had two people who did the, I don't want to let you win, so I'm going to make you time me out game, where they just like wrote some disparaging comments about me and uh, my skill at magic, and then walked away from their computer, or, you know, did okay. whatever they wanted to do, sure, and let babe. the clock run out. Yeah. So it's like, you know, the deck's got to be good when mm-hmm. uh, people are doing that to you. So yeah, wow. that was kind of like the the main part of my magic. I've been doing that, and I played a bunch of sealeds and trying to figure out sealed. And I'm starting to recognize some of the the archetypes and some of the things to to run into. And very much learning that this one is one of those ones that is very different than how it drafts. I find the sealeds are very different. Yeah, yes, I agree. Like a lot more three color decks. Yep. Uh, and then just like card valuation, like it's it's a swingy one. Like, I, I would agree very much with Jay in the whole sense that, like, what you open really dictates, like, what your deck's power level is going to be. And, you know, there's, like, a lot of, like, formats where you can make up for it with card knowledge, with archetype knowledge, with other things like that. But, but they're just, like... The build skill. Even, yeah, like, right? this one here is... It, it's Haymaker Magic. Like, it is it just is. That's all it is. And that's, and, that's, and that's what they've been going towards forever. For so long, they've been moving towards but, this battle cruiser magic. Yeah, like the last time it was like this was, I think, restored. Avacyn restored. Uh, you could argue that the last core set was very similar, 
Um, I, mean, I think like that just, slow block, it doesn't play anything like that. No, it doesn't. Huh? But there's, there's, I mean, they're slowly moving towards that. Like, um, you know, they, the they've been, like, I, I still strat- believe that a strad block can happen again, and dark ascension can happen again, and Zendikar but block I, I can happen. It should happen again. I think that should be normal. And then this battle cruiser garbage should be, you know, once every two years or something. Well, yeah. If it just like ebbs and flows, like you know, we go battle cruisery for a bit, and then we go back to like not battle cruiser magic to you know army management, like yeah, complex board states. Like if you can kind of like shift the, the like, pendulum back and why, forth, I think that works out I mean, really like, good. It, it felt like um, and it didn't it didn't feel like this when I was playing like Mirrodin and shit. You know, yeah, like it didn't it didn't feel like battle cruiser magic. It also didn't feel like it had the worst complex board states of all time either right like so like i don't understand why it has to be one or the other like either we're never going to print removal ever and it's going to be avacyn restored and you're just going to sit there and pl- everyone's going to play every creature they have until someone pl- you know has one more than them and well, you, you know, know or draws their eight and a removal spell or we're just going to play every card's a bomb like why does it have to be like that why can't it be you know i don't know I think one of the things that's happening, though, and at least I'm seeing it, in my, again, my local like group and stuff like that, because as much as I didn't play a draft on Sunday, uh, when I was at the store, there was a draft happening around me. So, you know, I still got to go and, like, peek around and see what people are doing. I feel like people are really still undervaluing the enchantment removal and what aspect that plays as card, like, creature removal in this set. Like, I, I still think people just haven't really grasped that concept that some of the very best creatures in this set are enchantments. Yeah. So, yeah, they like, all, you know, it's like all of them are. I can't believe that there's people that don't main deck. But like, yeah, that that's exactly what's happening. Is like, yeah. you know, it's like you'll see people who don't play the what is it, the white uh, is it divine something or whatever? The I don't know what it's called. But right, it's just the, the enchantment from the stuff. Yeah. Huh? The four so, mana destroy an attacker or a block. Oh no no people play a lot of that. Yeah, Divine yeah. Verdict, yeah. No, we're talking about the one that uh, destroys an enchantment and gives them life. Yeah, exactly, oh, that one oh, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, in the green... So it's interesting, because we're very quick to, to point out that removal in general is terrible in this set, right? Like, there's only so many cards that just straight-up kill a card. You know, a lot of the burn is sort of at the lower end. You know, like, the twos and the threes and such. Yeah. Um, But I guess when you consider that, you know a good chunk of the creatures, like, what, 40%, maybe less, like 30% maybe, of the creatures in the set are actually enchantments. I mean, you start considering things like Fade into Antiquity and, you know, the Scry one, and they're very reasonable removal. For sure they are. The only problem with those still is that uh, bestow guys get around that. Like... I can either bestow a guy, and you can either kill the guy, and I get my guy, I get a different guy anyway, or you can kill the enchantment, and I still have my guy. So. Right, but you don't have two guys either way. So it's still a removal spell. Except for that, like, this format is all Voltron all the time. So, like, imagine if you're playing EDH against a Voltron deck, mm-hmm. and you can't remove... you If you kill the creature that the Voltron's on, then the Voltron becomes a creature. And yeah, it literally it, turns it, into three other it creatures. It literally just turns into three guys. Like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> like, it's, it, like, so yes, these removal spells are good, but at the same time, it's still, it still doesn't feel, like, it still feels like you're behind. You're like, oh, I'll Voltron up my, my heroic 
you know, even just my heroic guy, just my 2-2 heroic guy, I'll Voltron that guy. And I'm like, all right, well, kill him. All right, well, now you just have a 2-2 reach and a 2-2 intimidate. No big deal. No big deal. You know, this is the first time that I've actually really, you know, like, you always called it Voltron magic, but this is actual Voltron magic. Yeah. Like, yeah. it turns into the lion and the monkey and all the other bullshit things, whatever they were. Yeah. The the truth is, like, the, the okay, so that's true when you're considering all the little ones, but yeah. trading a card for any of the emissaries is just straight up worth it, period. Well, yeah, and, like, that's oh, the thing. Yeah. Hitting, you have to hit the emissary. It's like, you can't kill the creature. Like, giving, like, turning a souped-up emissary into just an emissary is still a losing still proposition. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Get rid of the emissary part. Yeah. But that's the thing, is, like, it's just, it's just becoming, it's, it's one of these things where, bef- you know, before, there was a drawback to playing really powerful enchantments, and yes. now there's, I mean, like, now they, the effects aren't super powerful. Giving a guy plus one, plus one, and lifelink isn't super powerful for four. The reason that it's super powerful is because you actually just have two guys. You have, like, a suspend guy. Or you have a guy that's in a portcullis. Whenever the you know a creature dies, you know it's like it's like a it's like a better version of haunt. Whenever this creature, you know, whenever the haunted creature dies, put a one-one lifelink into play. But until he dies, he gets plus one plus one in lifelink. Like it's it's like well you know it's like a rock in a hard place. And then they didn't print any just non-conditional good removal it's all at six or whatever right so that's what that's just where when you're playing the game it just feels like you're like well what the fuck so he has a nessian asp like nothing kills that except for like hero's demise or whatever it's called and a six drop whatever removal spell uh what's it called drop of hemlock or something sip sip of hemlock Sip, sip of hemlock yeah so like nothing kills that except for that uh, and that's a six drop. Okay, sweet. So hopefully I get those cards. If I don't get those cards, then um, I'm just losing to a four or five reach green common creature. Great. That's great. Oh, also I did kill it, but it's a common. So he got two more of them. Okay. Okay, sweet. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, so like that's, that's just what leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And And I fully admit, I have no fucking idea how to play this. Um, format. Obviously, if I knew how to play the format, then you know, I wouldn't have this problem. But there's got to be some people that know how to play. Like, uh, there must be. Speaking of killing the Nessian Asp, I, I, the coolest one I saw today or the, this weekend was a guy had the the garbage white flyer that pumps for green, and he had uh, the uh, oh yeah the the Griffin the yeah and yeah, he had yeah, the yeah. four mana black Edeon on it, so he had the plus one plus one and death touch mm-hmm. yeah. And he had attacked, and he was racing the guy, and Buddy goes to attack back with the Nessian Asp, and he God's willing his white flyer, giving it pro-black, making the enchantment fall off and become a 1-1 death touch creature to nice. block the, the Asp. Nice. Yeah. So I, yeah, that, that, was, that was sweet. I like that. I like that interaction. I like God's willing. card's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Does that work, too? Yeah, that works. Sweet. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's the tricks with enchantments. Huh. They always have to be legal targets that they're on. Always, no matter what. Always. Except for Shroud, right? Like, if you if you enchant a guy and then give the guy Shroud... That's fine. But yeah, that's fine, because Shroud doesn't prevent it from being enchanted. Shroud prevents it from being targeted. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there you have it. There you have it. Dude, that's a, that's a smart play. Take that one. Use it somewhere. 
<laughs> now I'm gonna have to play fucking. Now I'm gonna have to play more Theros to kill like, <laughs> do that to someone, and then when I do it to someone, I'm just gonna slap them in the face and yell boom, and then I'm just gonna concede and leave and never play again. No, just what's gonna happen is you're gonna do that, and the guy's gonna be like, "That doesn't work." And then yeah. they're going to call, like, the store judge who doesn't know how anything yep. works. And yep. he's going to be like, yeah, no, that doesn't work. Or he's going to yep. say something foolish like, oh, well, the creature I was attacking was tapped, so the enchantment comes into play tapped. You know, like, yep. they'll say something like that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, my God, I can just see it now. Just fuck. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they were attacking. Or, like, or like there's some bad arguments we've already had about that where it's like, this doesn't have haste. And, like, uh, well... It, it doesn't, doesn't have, need haste. But it doesn't need haste because it also doesn't have summoning sickness. Ha ha ha. Yeah. And then it's, it's been like, in play since my upkeep. Yeah. It's like, well, it wasn't a creature that entire time. And you're like, oh, well, that's irrelevant. La 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 la. You're dead, stupid head. It's kind of like, does Mutavolt have summoning yeah. sickness every time I activate it? Yeah. Like, and then they're just like, well, that's just <laughs> oh different because it's a. You shut your mouth. And it's like, holy fuck, this fucking thing. Not only do I have to get in fights with, like, the mongoloids about it, it also just fucks me at every turn. Yeah, this is also called playing on Cockatrice. Oh my god, I, I uninstalled that, like, after my second match. Yeah. That fucking program is garbage. Yeah, I remember somebody saying it's a great place to learn, and it's like, no, nope. no, it's terrible. Nope. You can't test on that. Nobody knows how to play magic on it. That's like saying your kitchen table's a great place to learn magic. <laughs> it's not. It's a fun place to learn magic, but it's not a great place. The only, listen, Cockatrice, if you know who you're playing against. Yeah, but then why would I just play Skype or text or email or fucking, like, magic online? You had to well, draw your you're own arrow, and you can't you to, play. You had to target your own shit with arrow drawing on that format. Well, I mean, you can, or you can just type it. Yeah, that's convenient. Way more. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! So, Pro Tour. Yeah. So, Pro Tour was won by the French. All hail our new French overlords. So, uh, the French. Jeremy Dizani, um, yeah. who took it, down a uh, GP earlier this year. Yes. Um, so he took it down with his the the French Team it's Revolutions French. version. Yes. Of uh, Mono Blue Devotion, and uh, he actually was playing off in the finals against uh, Sam Black. Team Star City Games. I was really hoping Sam really? was gonna. Oh no, sorry. Semifinals versus Sam Black. Semifinals versus Sam. Sam. It was a. It was an all French final. That's right. Yeah. I was. Uh, I watched all the games from top eight, and uh, and I really wanted Sam to win. I just felt like you know he's he's really done. He's had a hell of a year. He's the kingmaker. He makes decks that people win pro tours with. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't win pro tours with them. But and yet there he was, right? Like so, so he played really well through through limited to to earn him his shot at the top eight, and he you know knew the deck and and it's it's pretty sweet. So it was it was good. Um, the it was enjoyable to watch. I find it really interesting that uh, when you consider all of the top decks, we saw some really neat decks come out. We saw some sweet black red decks. We saw some uh, black white red decks. We saw the mono red devotion deck. We saw the mono black devotion deck. We saw the mono green devotion deck. I mean, obviously the mono reds and mono greens both splashed for the red and green, but you get the idea. Um, and Esper was like one of the top played decks in the tournament. Yeah, apparently, it was the most played. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it only placed one copy in the top eight, and that copy, of course, belonging to none other than Guillaume Wafotapa. Calacano came very close. I know, I know. You, and you know, realize, and like, big congratulations to Calacano. He ended up making the uh, 25th place after his showing. He's yeah. the 25th best player in the world right now. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I posted that on his wall for him when I saw the article go up. Yeah, that so. was pretty awesome. So, but yeah, like Channel Fireball came with this, you know, red-green, primarily red, uh, devotion deck basically revolving around huge mana with, uh, and just, like, spitting out a ton of guys with Perforos and Xenagos, and, uh, and just spitting out a bunch of guys onto the table and doing a crap ton of damage. Um, and then you also had, uh, the deck that you mentioned, which is the green-red deck. Uh, which was played by um, Mahara in the top eight. And that was basically like the same sort of thing. But I think of the two decks, that's definitely the one that's going to show up a little bit more. Well, it's it's like the other one was like, you know, like a devotion kind of beat downy type deck. Whereas like the Mahara deck is a combo deck. It is, it has combo pieces. It plays like a combo deck. If you go and you pick it up and you just try and play it like a mid rangey deck, you're not going to do well with it. Right. Like, it, it, it really, you know, lends itself to that kind of strategy. So that's the thing I really enjoy about it. But if you want to play, like, more of, like, a mid-range red-green type thing, like, you're better off just playing, so what's, like, CFB what's the combo? So what you're trying to do is it's running things like Burning Tree Emissaries and Nykthos, the, the shrine. Yeah. So it's, like, turn one, green dude, turn two, double Burning Tree, Nykthos, put a five drop into play. Five drop being like the six six reach creature from the new set that has triple green in it. The castle. Arbor Colossus. The Arbor Colossus. Huh. So, so then next turn you can sit nine. there and you uh, can cast Garrick and still have a pretty good. Then it's also using the uh, the Seder that uh, untaps a land. So it's like games I was having online with it. It's like I'm doing nothing, doing nothing. I have a Seder, and then it's like drop the Nykthos, add four mana to my mana pool, tap my mana dorks that I have in play, drop a Garrick. Plus one, get three creatures, untap the Nick though, still have mana, you know, and it's just like all of a sudden you're you're playing like five cards a turn. Yeah. And it's like it's a whole bunch of little dorks, but like you pull a Kranos, like I pull a Kranos for twenty nine. Yeah. And that that's insane. Like and the amount of mana this thing can generate is gets really yeah. out of hand. And, and between like Polycranus and Nylea also dumping in yeah. to pump guys, like it's pretty legit. Yeah. So it's just like it just out of nowhere all of a sudden you have infinite mana essentially and it's just like you do whatever you want and then you're also playing the uh uh xenagos so it's like there's another way to generate lots of mana so like the the deck is really just based around emptying your hand really quickly yeah it runs four copies of garrett color of beast because you need that plus one ability yeah there's like, nothing quite like a repeatable lead to stampede when you can generate a million mana a turn yeah yeah, yeah. like i had one game where it's like i generated like i think i was tapping nykthos for like nine mana and wow. I had, like, two of the untapper guys. And literally, my turn was, like, cast Garrick, plus one, draw a whole bunch of cards, play the guys out, untap, make more mana, cast Garrick, get rid of the old one, plus one my new Garrick, fill up my hand again. Oh, yeah, because you can do that. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, like, throw everything out. And it's just, like, listening to the guys, like, that deck's garbage, you know, in the top eight, he couldn't draw Nykthos, blah, 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 blah. And it's, like, this deck is garbage because in the top eight of the Pro Tour, it flustered. 
okay, well, I, I don't know how it got there. It must have just defaulted its way into the top eight, you know? Getting into the top eight of the Pro Tour is no big deal. You do it three yeah, times in the Hall of Fame. That's easy. Like, Who cares? Yeah. So it's just, it, it's pretty funny to, you know, kind of see that. But yeah, I, I really, really, really like that deck. Like, out of all the decks there, I think that that deck is going to have the longest staying power. The Mono Blue, a lot of people are going to get excited for it, but I just feel like it's a deck that can just get this Mono really Blue good. deck looks weird. Like, is it an aggro deck? It looks like... It is. It is an aggro deck, yeah. Yeah. You basically go, like, Cloudfin Raptor into either Frostburn Weird or uh, Tidebinder Mage, depending on your opponent. Right. Right, and then and that evolves your Raptor, and then you follow that up with the uh, Nightvale Specter, which again evolves your Raptor. Like you see where it all goes, yeah. and like by the time you untap, you just like bang Thassa, like kill you. It's it's pretty sweet. Yeah, and like that's the thing is you're doing a lot of early damage, and then Thassa is giving you the ability to kind of get that reach because of the unblockable, and right. then sometimes you just like go. Whoops! I'll hunt master for twelve creatures. Like you know, yeah. just like yeah, yeah. Oops! Um, I win. What? We watched we watched the ultimate curve happen actually in the very last game um of the finals of the Pro Tour. He basically went like turn one Raptor, uh turn two uh Frostburn Weird, and then it was turn three Nightvale Spectre, and then untap and turn four Master of Waves and made like nine guys. It was fucking yeah. silly. That's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that the Master plays well with Mutavaults also is pretty key. Yeah. Cause they're elementals. Yeah. So it, it it's a neat deck. Like, uh, it makes them four threes. No, it makes them two twos, or it makes them three threes rather. Yeah, and three. then each one you've got right. Um, but it's so the deck's sweet. Um, it's interesting to see how well it survives um, supreme verdict decks. And this is so this is the the interesting tension because Esper was the highest played deck, but. And it and it's supposed to be naturally good against mono blue, but I guess like all of the pilots were bad at limited, like. Well, not necessarily. It's it's a matter of like, did you know this deck was coming or not? Like it seems yeah. very you know like a lot of teams came up with this deck, and there's a lot of different flavors of the mono blue deck. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like you knew the deck was coming or you didn't. Yeah. And, you know, like, that's that's kind of what it falls into is, did I know it was coming and did I prepare for it and did I build against it? Or did it come by and take me by surprise? Because that's the thing about co uh, control decks is you put answers to problems in them. Yeah. You know, it's a deck full of answers. If you don't know what the problem is, you might not have the right answer. That's true. I don't know. It just, it feels like um, its natural predator is going to be a, a control deck. Yeah, and like the thing that helped them with the control matchup is having that Jason there. Yeah, it, like that's what a lot of them credit it to is that um, I think it was Dizani who said that the deck could not beat Esper Control, could not beat it. And yeah. then once they figured out, oh, you know, Jason's a card and it's blue and we can play it, then all of a sudden their game was a whole other thing. Yeah, I'm fairly sure that the gainsays um, would be of really big help to. Uh, in the SCG sideboard, the counter-target blue spell. Yeah. I mean, it, it's... So a lot of people are talking about the metagame from the Pro Tour being really inbred, and that it's not going to have that much of an effect on standard outside of the Pro Tour. And I don't really agree with that. I don't know... Like, I think that there are natural predators that exist in the standard format outside of the Pro Tour that will 
help regulate some of the decks. Like there's a very natural series of rock, paper, scissors that are kind of flowing throughout there. Um, but yeah, like there was almost no Supreme Verdict decks at the Pro Tour. Yeah. Like at the top levels, right? Yeah. Um, like from the professional team standpoints. And um, there's a ton of them out there otherwise. Like if you go out to the SCG circuit, if you go out to, you know, like I know locally, like everybody plays Esper Control. Well, that's the thing is I'm very interested to see what the next SCG is going to look like because we finally, you know, the cat's out of the bag. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see the after pro to after pro tour meta now yeah. because you know the pro tour is a big deal when it comes to this and this has been a unique one that we had a meta that existed before the pro tour so yeah you know. so it's it's gonna be interesting um there were a lot of sweet decks that came out there was uh the black white deck looks pretty good that patrick chapin and retail played yeah retail placed the and, uh, star city games b deck yeah yeah yeah, Desecration Demons, Blood Barons, Obsidats, Precinct Captain, Soldier Pantheon, Sin Collectors. Like, it seems pretty good. Yeah, I loved it because I think what it was that Rietzel said the only reason he played it was because it was the best Soldier of the Pantheon deck they had come up with. Yeah. So, you know, it's like that's the way that he very much viewed that deck is, you know, more aggro than mid range, but definitely mid range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there were some, a lot, and a lot of people are also bagging on the mana in standard, right? And yeah. it's, it's funny because there were. S- Obviously, nobody respected Mono Red uh, that were going to play um, the Burning Earth Enchantment. Okay, yeah. Like, just no. I, I mean, obviously, the Mono Blue Devotion, like the Devotion decks, kind of yeah. benefit. But if it wasn't a Devotion deck, it was very likely three colors. Yeah. With only a few exceptions. I love the Mono Red, like, top eight list. Did you hear the story behind that one? Mm, no. Camille Cornelison's deck. Mm. Uh, was that on the Channel Fireball article this week? It might have been because the, I guess the whole story is is that uh, the deck that Channel Fireball ended up playing, uh, it was originally uh, credited to uh, Frank Karsten. Frank Karsten went and tested with them. Right. And he brought this mono red deck, the one that we see right here. And between all the testing in the house, it eventually evolved into the deck that Team Star City Games played. Camille Cornelison is you a friend that of Frank. Team uh, Channel Fireball. Oh, sorry, Team Channel Fireball played. Yep. Uh, the Cornelison guy is a friend with uh, um, with uh, Frank Karsten or whatever, and they played against each other at the pre-release. And Karsten, like I guess this guy Cornelison, made a whole bunch of decks, and Karsten came with this mono red deck and just beat every deck that Cornelison came up with. And Cornelison couldn't play anymore he couldn't do any more testing for the pro tour so he just randomly built a deck that was beating him at a pre-release because karsten he just built karsten's list and brought it wow so i guess karsten went and told them that uh i guess karsten went and told them that uh you know it's like uh did you guys see the you know the fireball deck that's doing really well blah 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 blah, blah. cornell saying it's like well he's not on the team he's like yeah but he's playing our deck essentially you know he's playing the alpha version of our deck so uh that was pretty cool wow yeah, it's uh it was a pretty sweet tournament. Like it was fun to watch and it was always exciting. Um the one thing that I thought was really neat is all the decks kinda did big things. And I thought that was really nice. Like they all were doing something. Like and big, you know? Like Yeah, was... nobody was just playing guys and attacking. No, it was no well no, 'cause and even the even if they were, the guys were good. 
you know, yeah. like like there was there were some uh, some sweet fleece main lion plays that were being made. People were playing around that card, you know, in those mid range decks. But I mean, most of the time, the creatures that were playing, there's big things happening. Like drop a master, all of a sudden the board is radically different. You know, like yeah, uh, the gray merchants were draining like crazy. They were fucking, they were pack rats. Yeah, in the uh, in the blacklist, like that's fucking awesome. So, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Um, so, how did you like their utilization of the top twenty five? What do you mean? Well, you know, they actually really put an emphasis on it. You know, like they yeah, were... like what during the pairings and stuff, you saw the 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 seeding as you went through. Yeah, like where it's like every time they refer to that player. So like now when you look at it, if you see Christian Calcano's name in coverage, it's top player 20, like number 25, Christian Calcano. Yeah. So like they very much listed the the seedings now with everything. And they were very much, you know, focused on like, these are our stars and let's focus on them. So I really like that. Like that was a good evolution. Um, at the same time, though, there was just some like really, really zany stuff from the coverage team, like just like at the pro tour, I just, I expect the guys who are talking about the game to like know the rules of the game. Yeah. Or to know what the cards do. Yeah. And like, it's, it's just kind of awkward. Like that, you know, it's like, Hey, this is our guy from R and D and he is, you know, thinking that a player should do something when he can't do something or, I, I watched one of the games on Saturday, like before I went to, or on Friday before I went to work, and it was two guys playing. I can't remember who, but one of the guys had he was playing blue green in draft, and the other player was kind of stalled and wasn't making any plays. And I think it was Zach Hill who was just going on. It's like, oh, you know, he, he doesn't want to play into a counterspell. Doesn't want to play into a counterspell, while the guy who has the counterspells only has three forests on tap. And then on his turn, he had one single island. He casts another like blue spell. And he passes back to the other guy with forest on tap, no blue on tap. And again, it's, oh, you know, I, he's, he doesn't want to make a move. He doesn't want to move into a counterspell. He doesn't want to cast into a counterspell. It's just like, god damn, the future future league must have some really awesome green counterspells. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, just blows my mind. Like, it, And it's just like stuff like that where it's like, you're doing so much for yourself, but you're not doing enough if that's the type of thing that's happening. Because it's like, Yes, you're trying to expand your player base and you don't want to have like these super technical guys commentating on the matches because you want to have a much wider base that are watching. But the people who are really excited and want to watch it, like it just drives people crazy. Yeah, you don't <laughs> like, have fucking Jobins doing it either. Like that's the thing. It's like you got to kind of find like this balance and it's just like it's so hard because it's like everyone loves having LSV in the booth. The guy knows what he's talking about and he describes it in such a way that it isn't unfriendly but maybe that's just to me because i know what's going on with the games for the most part like you know like some of the deeper decisions like that's the stuff i like to get like some of that insight that you know just doesn't come naturally to me that you get from hall of famers but ugh, just like they've taken so many steps forward and they keep taking steps forward but it's just like there's some guys who you really need to like look at and say you know are we taking steps back by having this can we can we improve the cast by just cutting down on some of the staff so addition through subtraction that's my rant towards that all right 
<laughs> good ranch, yeah, good ranch. Yeah. Man, you're almost as good as I am. No. No, I don't <laughs> rant like you. I don't think I don't... anyone rants like Jay. No. They need advertisers. That's what they need. Who? Coverage? Wizards, yeah, coverage. Wizards of the Coast. Oh. They need to open up to ads from, like, Star City and Channel Fireball and Ultra Pro and Sign and Blood and all these guys. They need to sit there and sell advertisement segments to them so that we don't have to watch the Twitter thing with the same music that's replayed between every match. Yeah. Um, and if you have those ads and that becomes a, a stream that you can, you know, either increase your prize support or increase the amount of invites that go out or do other things to improve the coverage, you also have an accountability to those advertisers and they can kind of come in there and say, okay, we do not want to be, we don't want our ad placed when you have, you know, these two guys who don't actually know how magic works talking, commentating over games. Like, we would like to buy the ad where the person who knows what's going on is covered. Or doing mm-hmm. Because everybody yeah, like, it's, like, it's just like radio. Nobody wants to, like, like um, your primetime, you know, yeah. your primetime commercials are more expensive than your non-primetime. But that's also because, you know, we expect you to have your best guys on during primetime. Like the Super Bowl, right? A million dollars for a you know, 17-second commercial. So it's 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 like little things like that where it's like, you know, it's just trying to find ways to, like, create a better accountability. Like, I know that these guys are all uh... – oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm actually reading chat, people. That's why I kind of just stopped what I was doing. Oh, no! Just FYI for people that are uh, listening to the show, if you want to give Jeremy some uh, constructive criticism – Tell him that he's really fucking bad at talking while we type things in the chat. Now cut that out, boy, or I'll spank you where the feathers are finished. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I'm absolutely fucking at it, terrible. actually. Fucking terrible. Yeah. All right. So normally what happens is you just keep talking, then you check the chat. That's right. Yeah. And when you stop talking is when you check the chat. Yeah, yeah but see, that's the problem is I don't, I don't, I don't, I stop talking and I check the chat. It's terrible. It's not when I want to stop talking. I get that whole part done. I just don't finish the talking first. <laughs> but I can't pay attention if there's a TV in the room. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I actually put myself away from any sort of other distractions. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember to bring a laser pointer the next tournament. So I funny. I literally have one in my hand. I'm like yeah. drawing it on the wall right now. Yeah. Judge the bubble wrap judge, thing. Judge and then just like. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So, uh, this weekend is game day. Yeah. Uh, either of you going? I think uh, I. Uh, uh, I don't know. I have that uh, Mahara deck built, and oh. I think I have the time to go, so I may go. Well, I'm going. Good. I'm going with my son and my brother. Sweet. So it's going to be like the Clan McCallum is going to descend upon this poor unwitting store. Uh, we are driving to a different store because it's closer, so we're going to give that a shot and see if it's any good. So you're closer to Barry? Uh, than Toronto? Fuck to the yes. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Where, where are you again? I'm in Bradford. I'm like 20 minutes south of Barry. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so we're going to go up to Barry and, uh, and play at the store up there. And if it's good and uh, they like us, then I'll mention them next week. 
And if they've never heard of us, then uh, neither will you. So, uh, anyways, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited. I've been playing JBL's Junk List. I decided to stream it this week uh, for legit, and it was a lot of fun. It's taken me a few cycles to kind of like get used to the deck and understand sort of how to prioritize the removal specifically versus what threats you can deal with, which ones you can't, and all that sort of crap. But uh, I'm pretty excited. The deck's fun. It plays Whip and Obsidad and Voice of Resurgence and all the best removal, and I get to play Reaper of the Wild. The card's so good. What the fuck still, is that? I'm still not sold on it. Oh, no, it's so good. Okay, so Reaper is the 4-5 for uh, Black Green 2 that whenever another creature dies, you get to scry one, and it can get Death, Touch, or Hexproof. Bueller? It's a cool card. Yeah. So, um... It ends up doing a really, really good job of letting you get to the draws if you can keep him on the board. Like, I think part of my problem lately is that I'm playing him early without being able to protect him from removal. Like, I feel like if I'm... You can play him as a... Depending on what you're playing against, right? If you're just playing against sort of a mid-range or like a red deck, you can just completely run him out on four. Because it's very, very unlikely that they're going to be able to kill it. 4-5 is sort of some magical numbers, because it's black, so it can't be Doombladed. It's 4 cast and cost, so it can't be Abrupt Decade. It's 5 mana, so it's 5 in the butt, so it can't be Mizium Mortared. Mm-hmm. And it's 4 in the front, so it can't be Selesnya Charmed. Yeah. So like, it's actually just a very, very you know, uh, resilient creature that you'd never really think is really all that resilient. But And people just can't really attack their own profitably. Plus, with this Death Touch, he can trade up to whatever, right? So you get the situation where you're on top of them, and he's so good. Um, and you play him in, in this in a deck surrounded by creatures on both sides of him, and just infinite removal. So you find yourself in this situation where you kind of like stabilize the board, and you uh, you know you're playing uh, Sylvan Carriated and Voice of Resurgence and Scavenging Ooze and stuff like that, right? So like these nice early plays, and just insane fucking removal. And then you play all of the big bombs in the top, and you play, like, Elspeth in the top to sweep, and she just closes games. You get to play three copies of Obsidat, which is amazing. I'm playing uh, playing some Frascas also. Anyway, so his deck tech went up in uh, in the Pro Tour coverage, and it was like, exactly where I wanted to be. And, um, and then, uh, you know, on top of that, it's just all the best cards. The mana's not actually terrible, and since you get to Scry Infinite, um, it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, the only change I did make, like, I do get to play Lifebane Zombies in the sideboard, which is sweet, and, and I get to play Blood Barons on my own, so it's really sweet. Um, the only change I did make is two of the Doom Blades in the 75, I've changed to Ultimate Prices. Yeah, that just seems better. It just answers things that you can't answer. Yeah, like, Hero's Downfall is a four of lets me answer just about anything, but, like, Ultimate Price over... Uh, Doomblade is really just where I'm at for Desecration Demon being a thing. Yeah. Small and, Black is really popular right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's the other one too. So so I'm pretty excited. Um, I'm still not sure whether or not I can cut from 25, 26 to 25 lands and just play a whip in the main deck because I feel like I want one whip in the main deck. Yeah, I would make that change. Um, the, only, the only feedback I got was it does play two main deck copies of Underworld Connections, and it does, it's supposed to play one on the sideboard, um, but I've cut that for a Golgari charm for now. I'm just not sure where I'm going to be on that. Um, depends on the meta, I guess, that I expect to see. 
Um, but it's very, very powerful uh, to have Underworld connections because you can draw in the middle of all your scry triggers. So there's been some stuff that's come up, for example, like I've had a couple Reapers on the table, and then I'll attack or whatever, and we'll trade off some guys, and all of a sudden I've got two or three different scry triggers on the on the stack. And like I can like scry, ship, scry, look, keep, draw off Underworld Connections, scry again, you know. So I think Underworld Connections gets the nod, um, I just have to make sure that the mana is going to be going to be good because on twenty six lands you can flood really easily uh, if you don't have the scry engine going. But it's pretty exciting, so I'm going to play that. Uh, my son is playing uh, mono blue, and my brother's playing uh, the mono black deck splash red for Rakdos return. Oh, that is awesome! Yeah, because that card seems absurd, right? Yeah, with Nikthos. Yeah, of course. Four oh. pack of Nikos. So, oh. so he's 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 a spicy one. He's running he is running the Rakdos Shred Freaks instead of Pack Rats, um, just to kind of help fuel some devotion. Because I mean, even with Shred Freaks on the table, uh, if you do have a Nikthos, you can at least get the red out of that. Yeah, because of the Shred Freak. So, yeah, yeah I like it. It's gonna be interesting. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll see how it all goes and. Hopefully, everybody that was there uh, had a good time, and that's what I'm looking forward to doing. What about you, Jay? You going to make it out or what? Uh, I haven't decided yet. I still don't have a deck, and most of my lenders yeah. are either sick of lending me cards, but it uh-huh. doesn't seem that way, or they just have no cards. Um, and I haven't played any standard arrow, so I should probably start, I guess. I hate I hate the first few weeks of a format, because I'm... I, I'm oftentimes like, I don't play enough. They they don't have they, like we don't have ten pre-releases anymore, like we used to, right? Like we used yeah. to, we used to have like you know you could do seven pre-releases a weekend or whatever, so you you got a good chance of seeing every card. But we don't have that anymore, and I don't have friends that are into reading and talking about the spoilers either. Like I'll ask some of my friends, I'll be like, hey, do you read the spoilers? And they're all just like, nope. And then you're like, oh, okay, good discussion we're having here. So, um. <laughs> So the problem that I have with the new standard and stuff is a lot of times like I just get blown out by even just shitty cards I've never even heard of or seen before. Yeah. Um, and have no idea what I'm doing. Like I'll, I'm like, you know, somebody will be like, here, play this deck. And I'm like, oh man, this looks so sweet because of all these reasons. And then somebody plays like, you know, like Nylia's bow or something and I'm playing a mono flying deck and it's like fucking shit. All right, sweet. Um, you know, and like, or just something like that where I just have no idea what they're playing and they just blow me out. Um, and I don't know what to counter, or I don't know what to kill, or I don't know when to overextend, because I don't know what wraths there are. So I might play, um, but I'm not sure. I'd have to find a deck, and I'd have to not be tired from my 12-hour days. So, unfortunately, this I might not be the champion this time around. That'd be sad. Yeah. Well, I'd certainly like to rip this one down. I think that it would uh, be a nice, sweet validation for me. Yeah, I hope that you guys, uh, you can do well, and Alex as well, anyway. Yeah. Have you done well at a game day? Like, have we... I don't play them very often. Yeah, I Like, I don't so. play a lot of Magic outside of outside of my house and the big ones. To yeah, I, I didn't think so, yeah. So I, just I just, weren't... you just gotta, it's all about time and balance, right? Like, I used to go out for those things all the time, and I used to go to F&M all the time, but yeah. now it's just, you know, uh, when I can, I'll grind some games on MTGO, and that gets my fix and keeps me sharp. So, well, and you have the stream and everything too. So. It's part of it, right? Like it's yeah. it, it's a really big help. Um, it lets me it does let me play. So yeah, 
But anyway, so that's what I'm up to. Uh, I will not be going to hip hop karaoke on Friday, as it's, as it turns out, because uh-huh. everybody fucking bailed. So what? Um. So thank you, everybody that told me that I need to be doing big pun. Man, they're so, on boats, yeah. So I'm going to uh, I'm gonna just polish it, make sure it's insane, and uh, and I'm going November. So that's booked. We've already got everything all established. So. Uh, Randy, make sure you make it out to it. I know we were talking about it. Randy apparently does an insane uh, ring the alarm, and uh, and I I I've met Randy. Randy's a really cool dude. Um, he's from the area, so that's going to be really exciting. And I'll make sure that uh, it's tight. And when it is tight and it gets done, then we'll tape it or YouTube it yeah. and link it. It's be insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So get to go rage. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's what I'm up to this weekend. Hopefully we'll see you guys all out there in your game days. Hopefully you all go out and play. It is the uh, Face the Hydra event. Yeah. So you can go and do that. And yeah, I don't, yeah, what's all that about? I still have no fucking idea. So it's almost like... Uh, I thought that wasn't happening until way later because you got... There's still opportunities to get more cards or something. No, it happened. There are, but like it happens now. Obviously, those cards are going to play during the events all throughout the block. Oh. Yeah, that's what happens. We're this thing where it's like you get a pre-release where you get like a, a selection of cards, and yeah. then you have a release event where you get one card, and then you have a monster that you fight that gives you another card. Oh, they're okay. re- they're repeating that three times, so each set is going to run through the same type of thing. Cool. And then at the end, you'll be fighting, like, some uber boss. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. So it's sweet. So you can, like, tag... You can, like, join up with four people. I want to go for that alone. That's the first time I've ever been excited about something like that. Oh. It's all about Death Touch and 3 Power. Ring, Black, Plane Chase. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty awesome. So hopefully uh, you guys all enjoyed the show this week, because we're going to... We're gonna wrap it up, I want, I want. I want to I wanna just quick pimp. Oh. Uh, Pro Tour Qualifier. Edmonton, Alberta. Oh. If you are a listener in this side of the country, please come on out. Saturday, October 26th yeah. in Edmonton. Just try not uh, to touch anything when you're up there. <laughs> and, uh, and and don't drive. Uh, or if you do drive, get insurance. Their roads are terrible. Uh, driving in the Simpsons episode. Holy fuck. You know what? It'll probably still be good for the roads when that comes around. Uh, but even if you're not like excited for, you know, thorough steel, like... Uh, like Jay here, uh, they do have a standard tournament and a modern tournament, and the prizes are the San Diego Comic Con Planeswalkers. Nice oh, shit. So somebody win me those. Somebody win me those, and then do something, and I'll, I'll. Yeah. So like, there's some pretty cool stuff. They have a commander tournament for a commander's That's arsenal. Sweet. Yeah. Like they're doing pretty good side events for their stuff. Uh, it's it's funny because like the 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 TO for this, my buddy Mike. Uh, he's been listening to the episodes. He uh, really enjoyed Kelly's episode, so he's you know trying to step up the game. So good, good for yeah. him. That's what if that's you're what a listener and you liked what you heard there. They're trying to do it here, so show your support. Come on down. Yeah. Also, if you guys are coming into town for Grand Prix Toronto um, at the end of November, if you can make it out for the weekend before, uh, there's a Trios 2K happening in uh, just nearby in Mississauga. Wow. So it's being put on by Decked Out, uh, which are a pair of local guys, uh, Steve and uh, and Noah, actually. Yeah. yeah so Noah's uh, super sweet. Noah's super awesome. Yeah. So basically, and Steve's actually a really cool guy. Steve and I've I have. Met Steve. Yeah. Steve. Steve and I are, are pretty good. So basically, what we're looking at here is um, 
the event is a teams of three, and one player plays standard, one player plays modern, and one player plays Theros Sealed. Oh, wow. That's very sweet. And they did that so that, you know, it doesn't rely on somebody having access to a legacy card pool. No, yeah. that's cool. That's really good. I'd, I'd play in events like that. I'd play in events like that for sure. Yeah. So then, so what happens is you go and then the top eight basically does a team draft. Hmm. So it's going to be fucking wild. That's fucking sweet. I would play that in a heartbeat. I'd play yeah. that a million times. Take all my money. Yeah. And it's a $2.1,000 cash prize pool put out by like some guys who just started a, a store. Like, it's so awesome. Cool. Cool. There's side yeah. events also, legacy side event for an unlimited Mox Ruby. Nice. So you should totally check that out. You can hit them up on Facebook and uh, and make sure you tell them that the A-team sent you. Yeah. Noah was awesome at uh, Pro Tour Return to Ravnica. Every time we drafted, he's like, I'll give you, vend- I'll give you uh, dealer's prices. I'm trying to build up my inventory. Yeah. So it's like right at that point there, they were trying to like get things going, and he was like trying to buy stuff off of our like draft packs, like right as we're ripping them out of the packs. Yeah. <laughs> so top eight sealed players from Swiss from the Swiss draft triple Theros alone. Top eight teams then build their draft decks together, and then the top eight teams play off as teams like the Swiss format versus respective format. Hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty sweet. Very very sweet. Nice. So, anyways, um, so that we'll call it a wrap. Yeah, yeah. KYT's back next week, so we'll mm-hmm. hear all about his trip. Mm-hmm. See if he uh, spent the money that his grandfather gave him to uh, buy his pretty girlfriend a Fuck ring or not. Drifting car <laughs> <laughs> or a drifting car. Him and his exploits with Han. Yeah, I want to hear about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> So this was episode 150, one for the books. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Nice chock full of all sorts of awesome uh, limited and the local, uh, the, the, the recent standard stuff. And uh, hopefully it's going to carry you guys through to next week. Yeah. Kablamo. Ready? Yes. Jay, you want to run us in? Uh, I did last week. <laughs> Alright, then I'll do it. Wait, what about me? You didn't win. <laughs> That's true, you didn't. <laughs> we both won, Scott. No, there can only be one winner and one loser. There can be only one. Alright. Yeah. 149? Okay. Is, you're going to go with 149? No, that was last week. I have, yeah. it, I have it sitting in front of me. I'm like looking at the page. It says oh, okay. 149, yeah.